podcast family. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. And we are coming to you this episode with open hearts and full glasses. (laughs) I have in front of me a glass of my most recent find in 2020. It is Snoop Dogg wine. Yeah, you posted about this. I have posted about it. And I thought it was appropriate for our theme this week. We're going to talk about the mommy wine culture. So in early June of this year, my husband let me know that Snoop Dogg had partnered with the 19 Crimes winery um, out of Australia mm-hmm. to create his own wine. I thought this was brilliant. That's and so, smart. So a couple of months later, he was able to find a bottle of the Red Blend and he got it for me and I thought it was great and I posted about it. And so many of my friends were like, oh, I want to try it. I want to try it. It was great. Yeah. It was so great that I sent my husband back to the store that <laughs> night. He came home with a case and I was like, show me your love. Show me your love. And we were talking about how like the mommy wine culture, it kind of has been something that has just blown up over yeah. the last five or six years, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the mommy wine culture, it's not about just wine. Correct. It's about women who are moms who have alcoholic beverages to kind of take the edge off, right? Yeah. But also, I think that that might sometimes lead to unintended consequences. There was a study that came out that said that since 2013, Mm -hmm. there has been an increase in the number of women and mothers Mm -hmm. who are engaged in high-risk drinking activity, which is more than four drinks a day or a week? Uh, More than four drinks uh, a day. More than than four drinks a day. So I'm good. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I counted them. I'm okay. (laughs) I drink a couple of glasses of wine a day, a few days a week. And for me, I found that it's become a lot of a social thing. Yeah. First day of school, when we returned our kids to school uh, last month, a lot of moms are like, let's get together and have a glass of champagne to celebrate our kids going right. off, mm-hmm. or let's get together and have these brunches. Mm-hmm. And the mommy wine culture has kind of taken on a life of its own. Yeah, it's. I feel it's. It's not even just about the drinking anymore. It's. It's like this entire. Um, what's a word for it? A demographic that it's got its own marketing. You know yeah. what I mean? You can go online and you can buy T-shirts and tumblers and. Uh, bags and hats and alcohol is marketing to this demographic in a big way. I right. mean, it's become more than just like, oh, mom needs a drink. Now it's like a social construct. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> you go, you go to any social media page and yeah. be like, I'm drinking this wine because my kids wine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. and it's like to deal with the overwhelming cute memes, <laughs> yeah. cute memes yeah. right? right? To deal with the overwhelming demands of parenthood, yeah. a lot of moms have turned to alcohol. Yeah, and sometimes. I don't feel badly drinking a glass of wine right now because I'm in my house. You know, my my kid's here. I don't plan on, might not even leave the house for the rest of 2020, (laughs) but I'm very safe about it. But I've also been in situations where we'll be at the soccer field and some of the other moms have alcohol in their cups. Yeah. And I'm really aware of the fact that a lot of moms are out there who are then getting in cars and driving their kids. And so it seems like we've gotten to a place where it's celebrated, it's marketed to, it's encouraged, yeah. but there also can be a potential downside there. Yeah, you know? it's a bit of a slippery slope. 
I found that to be yeah, the case. Yeah. Um, but you raised a really good point about marketing. Yeah. Because wine can be marketed to everyone. Snoop Dogg has shown us with his wine yeah. that you can market anything to anybody. <laughs> well, and let's take a one brief moment and discuss how Snoop Dogg will not be pigeonholed. This man <laughs> can do it all. Hello. Hello. <laughs> can do it all. <laughs> so what I like about Snoop Dogg, yeah. which is basically everything, is how... Yeah. His manager is the most brilliant person on yes. the face of this earth because he has pivoted yes. in a way that very few people can. That's He's right. He's like, I'm not about the gin and juice life anymore <laughs> because right. my audience is not about that life He's anymore. a commercial with Martha Stewart. This <laughs> man, let's just small sidebar, Snoop Dogg is killing it. In the, in the market. Snoop doesn't need a small sidebar. <laughs> no. He needs his own show. That's we need right. to do a show about how Kanji hashtag loves Snoop Dogg. Yeah. So he has his relationship with Martha Stewart. Yeah, that's correct. Which has brought him to a whole new generation that's of people. Right. He's realized that his core audience, hashtag us. That's right. You know, me and you at this you, table. We are women in our 40s. <laughs> so correct. he's like, I'm going to now market to y'all. I'm going to bring out and have this wine. Yeah. Snoop Dogg wine. That's right. You know, and then he's also going to be a sushi chef. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Because <laughs> right. right, we all eat sushi. Yeah. And so he's pivoted and he's realized, like you said, the demographic is this group of women mm-hmm. who are now in our 30s and 40s who originally grew up, maybe some of us, I might be telling a little bit on myself, drinking St. Ives yeah. <laughs> and Tanqueray, but yeah. now have switched to drinking wine to kind of take the edge off. There is also a marketing effort that's gone into, um, we were talking earlier, you had said um, this drink that I I had never considered. White Claw. White Claw. So what is white? White Claw is like, here's the thing. I don't know. So I know I've never had it either. Yeah. Yeah, It's in a can. I think it's a seltzer. They call it a hard seltzer now. I think it's just a, um, it's like a fancy, it's like an alcoholic LaCroix. <laughs> I don't know for sure, I know. but I, that's my guess. I've never had one either. I maybe yeah. need to step up my game. Yeah. I, it sounds really fancy. Well, and that goes to the point too, um, that the drink industry is crazy, right? Like you were saying, we had like two or three things when we were <laughs> young, but now there's this entire, I mean, you can get any flavor, any time, any, any kind you want bubbles, you don't want bubbles. I mean, it's bananas, yeah. the options. I think that the marketing has done such a good job. You also have multi-level marketing companies that are now reaching out in this space. It's yeah. like, we're also going to sell wine yeah, and wine now gets delivered to your house. Yes, And so for a lot of women who are in positions where the demands of motherhood can seem to be a lot. It can yeah. be exhausting. Yeah. Get to a point where it's like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to just go ahead and reach for a glass of wine. Yeah. And for me, I do a gut check sometimes. There are members of my family who struggle with addiction issues. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to stop drinking for a few months and see what happens there. Yeah. But then, you know, my husband comes home with a case of Snoop Dogg wine. <laughs> and that's out the window. Well, Here I mean, I I'm trying to support Snoop Dogg. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we do is about supporting right. Snoop Dogg and Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Yeah, that's it. So I'm going to sip on this Snoop Dogg Red Blend by 19 Crimes while we have this conversation. And I didn't see what's in your cup. So for me, I just have my very favorite English breakfast tea in Ooh, my cup. You're so fancy. I am a little fancy. I, I do like fancy. But um, so my story on that is I actually don't drink at all. Oh, really? Th- that's correct. So I, um, a little over 19 years ago, I stepped into recovery. I'm an alcoholic and cannot drink what? normally. So I don't. Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm very grateful. I've got a lot of recovery on board and and I feel like I have recovered from that, you know, and I do it a day at a time. But I was sober several years before I became a mom. And then when I became a mom and as Gage got older and I started kind of getting into those mom circles, I really started to notice this mom wine culture. And yeah. it's it's interesting for someone who doesn't drink to see it on the outside. Because first, it can be a little like I'm excluded. I'm like, well, I don't drink. And I'm not super out about it. I mean, I don't like walk around with a sign that says, hey, guys, <laughs> I'm sober. But you of know, so, you're not super out about yeah, it. Yeah, But you know, I'll go to parties or I'll go to like, you know, they'll drop the kids off and they'll be like, hey, let's go have a drink. And I'll go hang out and I'll just drink orange juice or I'll drink tea or whatever. And I never think about it. And I very rarely have anyone say, like, oh, how come you're not having champagne or anything like that? So I've found that while it felt like I was excluded at first, I've slowly realized that it's really not that big a deal, you know. But I do, it is sometimes weird when people make the jokes, you know, and make the comments about, what jokes? you know, like mommy needs wine because you whine or if you combine wine and dinner, the new word is winner. There's also a <laughs> meme that was, I'm on my second or third glass of wine because I have children. <laughs> right. They'll just be like generalized comments in the group, like, that's why we drink, right, ladies? And I'm just like, oh, my, I don't drink. You know what I mean? It's just like, there'll be generalized comments like that that don't apply to me sometimes. Your recovery journey started you said, 19 years ago. Yeah. You're younger than I am. So <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was, it was a couple months before I turned 22. So, no. yeah, I stopped pretty early. Yeah. Had you started drinking when you were 21? No. Mm-mm. No. No, I'd started um uh probably regularly in my early teens. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, you know, in your early teens, accessibility keeps it at bay for a while and then when I turned 18 is when it got really bad. So I had a good 3-year run of really testing those limits as hard as I could before I had to stop. What was it that led you to seek recovery? I was just having this conversation with somebody else. I I will say that I had I had a little bit of experience with family members that were in recovery. So I knew what it was and I kind of knew where to go and I just knew. I just knew I wasn't normal. I just knew I wasn't doing it like everybody else. Even though at my age, you know, we were all kind of, you know, at 20, everybody's partying, you know, it kind of looks a certain way. But I knew that there was something different about the way that I did it and that that I was headed there. What did that look like? It looked like, it looked like an inability to stop once I got started. Like I just didn't have the ability to stop. Once I had one drink, that was it. We were on, we were on and it wasn't going to stop until... I shut it until I shut down and and, no, and everybody else seemed to be able to walk away and I, I couldn't walk away. And that's, I think that was the biggest indicator for me. You were 22. Yeah. So that's a lot to reckon with at that age. Yeah. You know, how were you able to then navigate recovery? Um, I just, you know, that's a, that's a big question. I, I just did. I just kind of did it like they say, it's very cliche, but it really is just one day at a time. I mean, there is work that there was and continues to be work required of me. Um, it's not as easy as just putting down the drink. If it were that easy, then you would just stop drinking, right? Yeah. You know, there's there's a mental aspect to it, and then there's a spiritual aspect to it. It required me to look at, you know, some old ideas and some old things and to pick up some new ways of coping and learn some new tools and, and tricks for getting through life on life's terms. Was there an intervention? No, no. I, um, 
I uh, I had a, a night out and it was much like any other night out. And um, it was just one of those things where I just woke up and for whatever reason, that day that I woke up, I just didn't think I could go on the way I was going on. It just didn't feel like I was going to make it. And uh, and then the good news is when I spoke to a friend of mine and said, you know, tried to apologize, she confirmed it. And somebody outside finally went, yes, yeah, something's wrong with you. Mm. And so it wasn't like a group. It was just like one person that said, yeah, I think you need to look at that. And I, that's all I needed was just one person to tell me like, hey, I think you need to just go check it out. And so I just took myself into the rooms and started doing the work. And has there been any instances of um, like a, is the appropriate word relapse? Oh, yeah, that okay. would be a good word or a okay. slip. No, nope, I have not. I've been very grateful, very blessed. I've not had to uh, to try it out again yet or and hopefully I won't have to. <sighs> Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, your vulnerability and your strength and your ability to talk about this issue. Is it something that you feel like you share a lot with with moms or with people? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, sometimes when you meet people, you kind of have to to explain who you are, you know, right. and that's a part of your identity. Right. It's like you, but it kind of feels like a, a coming out. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's a little uh, bit of a, like, it, like taking uh, my heart out and right. it's showing it to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so do you feel like there's a, a time or a place or a way that you you do that and you share that with people? Um, you know, I'm pretty open about it. I mean, I just said it on this podcast, so everybody's going to hear it there. Everybody but knows. Yeah, everybody I mean, knows how. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't wear, I don't necessarily like walk around with a shirt that says it, but if it comes up and I'm asked or if it comes up, like, you know, we were saying, if I'm in a group of moms and they're all drinking and someone asks me while I'm not, I'll say, well, I don't drink. And sometimes that stops it. And then sometimes I get more questions like, like you've never, or did you ever? And I just simply say I did. And it just, you know, it wasn't good for me. And so I quit. And sometimes I've had to actually take it one more step forward and just say it out loud. Mm -hmm. But most of the time people pick it up. They're like, oh, okay. Right. You know, especially if you're, hopefully if you're running in a good circle of people, which I typically <laughs> You, you keep really good company. I do. I keep good it's company. Tip my hat off. Yeah, toasting yeah. your Snoop Dogg wine over there. But it's been interesting to watch because I get this question sometimes from friends of mine that uh, aren't moms. And, you know, we talked about this mommy wine culture, and they'll ask me if that's hard for me. And, uh, you know, to see it, to be around it a lot and, yeah. you know, have it come up. Because, like you said, soccer games where they're all drinking or, uh, you know, people are like, I lost something in my coffee this morning, you know, does anybody else want some? And 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 it's never been hard for me. And and it's probably because I've got a few years on board, right? I'm not brand new. And, and I've had some experience out in the I mean, people drink in the world, it's you got to mm -hmm. walk around and do this thing, even if you don't, everybody else does, it's, it's part of the deal. Um, and so I experienced that with moms, too. And but I've had I've had it come up where like, a mom has off to the side asked me more questions about, you know, what it looked like and how they're feeling or just checked in. And uh, I'll say I don't carry judgment, you know. Right. You enjoy the wine. More power to you. I can't. That doesn't mean you shouldn't, right? Right. But like you said, I would say that I do encourage people to consider – some mindfulness 
around it, Mm -hmm. right? I do get upset about the marketing that says, that sort of celebrates that um, the way to, that maybe the only way to solve your stress or to feel better is to have a drink when there's a lot of different ways, right? Right. To sort of soothe um, discomfort, you know, before you just pour some alcohol on it. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I can get, I can get a little worried about the message that women are receiving about what it takes to feel comfortable, you know, oh, if you want to feel comfortable in a situation, you should drink. I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of different ways to to, to find comfort. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, wine mom humor. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's wine mom humor. It's, it's something that can feel like it's cathartic to yeah. some of us yeah. without realizing how problematic it can be for others. Right. So it's not just the marketing. It's also the entire culture that it has created. And, yeah. and you know, this is an area that I'm not really familiar with. I think you're probably the only mom friend I know who I know that's really? in recovery. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so excuse me if I sound ignorant in some of these <laughs> questions. Okay, but no. it, does it bother you when I drink around you? No. No. Okay. No. I, I drink. Um, but I've checked myself yeah. because I know that addiction does run in my family. Mm-hmm. And when Roman was little, we would go to the grocery store and be like, look, it's mommy juice. Mm-hmm. We'd go to the wine aisles. <laughs> you know, I'd laugh it off. I'd yeah. laugh it off. Yeah. Um, when I found out I was pregnant with Roman, it was Memorial Day weekend in yeah. 2008. And we were coming from a wedding. So I was actually intoxicated when I took pregnancy, pregnancy test, test. Wow. Because I was like, wait, my, my breasts seem a little bit larger. Yeah. And I said, well, I just got married a couple months ago, so maybe they are big. But um, when I took the pregnancy test and came back positive, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not drinking again. I'm and done. I did not drink again, have any desire to drink until Roman was like five or six months old. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I went away for a friend's birthday celebration. And we went to an island and left Roman with my mom. And we were there and I was still breastfeeding. And so, but then all the other moms that were there were like, oh, just pump and dump, just pump and dump. Yeah. And you have to drink. And so it gets to a point where sometimes I feel that some circles, it can be encouraged to drink even if you might not want to. Right. And makes excuses like, oh, well, you're you're getting away or you're just relaxing. Yeah. Have a drink, have a drink. Yeah. And some of us might not realize what it will, looks like or what it might feel like to someone who's in recovery. And it's just not something I'd ever considered. Yeah. Or even, yeah. Or even somebody who maybe they're not in recovery, but maybe they're doing their own sort of, you know, experimentation or gut check on it. You know what I mean? Maybe they're checking themselves a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things. There's a great author and influencer in, in the world. And she does this, um, I'm not drinking right now experiment quite a bit. And she, sends these messages out to people like, well, what do I do when they ask me why? Or what do I do? What I say when they ask me more than I want to answer? And, and she's got great, uh, her name is Melissa Urban. She's the whole 30 creator. And she's got great input on just responses to those kind of questions. As a person who's answered those questions for a long time now, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you that um, uh, it's really just you know, a boundary that you have to set for yourself, right? You're like, if I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And they can ask me all the questions they like. And the answer is just that I'm not drinking right now. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to own up to anything or give more than I want. It just, just means that I'm not drinking right now, you know, but it can be difficult. And I think at the, I think at the bottom of that, like even this whole mommy wine culture, there's a solidarity in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, I think, 
that it, there can be a ripple of tension when not everybody's on board. Yeah. Right. You had mentioned that earlier. You yeah. said that sometimes you feel like you're an outsider. Yes. You know, and there are lots of circles. Sometimes I feel like I'm an outsider when um and and, and not to conflate our experiences at all. No, okay. Yeah, I hope fine. you realize Don't that's not no, what I'm doing. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like I'm an outsider when a lot of stay at home moms are like, oh, we're gonna do yeah. this brunch on Tuesdays. We're all gonna go to yoga and then we're gonna do brunch. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to be a work. On Tuesday. <laughs> can, can we do this on Thursday at 7 p.m.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we just do it? Totally. But, um, so you have circles and you have groups that are like, oh, we're going to regularly get together. We're yeah. going to do this. We're going to have our weekly brunches. We're going to have these weekly wine toasts. We have this wine, mommy and me wine club. Right. Or right. It's goat yoga and wine. Right. Or, you know, right. things like that. And I just have never thought about what it must feel like to a mother who's who's on a, a recovery journey. Oh, yeah, who yeah. doesn't drink. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. And I'm sure that my – I can't speak – I mean, just as much. Even though I'm in recovery, I can't speak for everybody's experience, right? Everybody's got their own experience. Right. Um, I just know for me – it's typically a non-issue. Like, you can call it what you like. You can make plenty of wine jokes. It does not bother me. Mm-hmm. I don't drink. That doesn't mean you can't make jokes about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I'm a make Wear jokes. the shirt. Yes, please drink your wine. Oh, that's I it, will. That's your experience. This is my experience. Um, but I, I do think that the other side of that is that, like you're saying, now that you've we talked about it and you kind of know, like, oh, I hadn't considered it. Um, I think it is just in general, we've talked about this before, for people to consider that everybody's not having the exact same experience you're having right now. Right. Right. And so, you know, it's important to, when you see someone or you hear someone say, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to drink or, you know, I'm good. You guys enjoy, but I'm good. Uh, to let them have that experience and realize that just because they're not drinking doesn't mean we can't have a group experience, you know, or just because that looks different doesn't mean we can't all still have a group experience. That's exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? No, that was, that's so powerful. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, yeah. When I'm outside of the house, yeah. um, when I'm places with Roman or if I'm places with other kids, I'm extremely cognizant of the fact that I'm responsible for this other human, yeah. you know, and you never really know what it's going to look like. I grew up in a um, house. My mom is a single parent for most of my upbringing. You know, she's never had a drink. She yeah. never had a drink a day in her life. And for most of my life, people have been trying to get her to drink. I know. You know, it's like we'll yeah. go to events and be like, oh, it's your 40th birthday. Why don't you have a drink? Or it's your 50th birthday. Why don't you have a drink? Or yeah. your kid just graduated from it's college. A have a drink. Yeah. Like, people are like really <laughs> trying to get her to drink. And yeah. she just doesn't. Yeah. She has never had a drop people of People take it like a personal challenge. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then they're like, well, how is Kanji your daughter? But when I'm in places, I... If I'm if I'm out with my kid, I'm like I'm gonna have one glass and and that's it right. because I don't know what I need to be. If I'm with my son and other people's kids, I'm like I'm not drinking because right. I'm responsible for these humans. And so that's kind of how I navigate it. And and then also now that I'm approaching 50 years old, I realize that there is a relationship between alcohol and breast cancer. Mm. And for whatever reason, a lot of the researchers don't know why, but there is an increased risk of Black women getting breast cancer if they drink a lot. Really? Yeah. There was a research study done, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill a couple of years ago, mm. 2017. And it showed that Black women who consume at least two drinks a day are 33 more percent more likely to develop invasive breast cancer than white women. Wow. Yeah, And also, Black women don't get breast cancer at rates as high as white women, mm-hmm. but when they do, they're more deadly. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like I think it's the, with, with yeah, breast cancer and also, yeah, 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 with breast cancer and also with colon cancer. Wow. And I just have always guarded my health. And so yeah. I'm like, if I'm drinking, I'm going to have no more than two glasses. And that's it. If I'm out, I'm going to have one glass. Right. But that's also something that's always in the back of my mind. There's yeah. the health issue there too. Yeah. Um, the mental health component of it is something that I, th- I think I should probably take um, more heed of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's it's hard. I, I try not to... I mean, I'm not a preacher about it. I, I I say to each his own, and and just because I can't drink normally doesn't mean that other people shouldn't or can't. I I will say that, as someone like an example, similar example, a couple of years ago, I had a really rough run of anxiety where I was literally like having panic attacks in, you know, during the day, like it was getting really rough. And I luckily, I mean, I was in counseling, and you know, I was getting help and. And she and I were discussing if it was time to try medication. And, you know, we were just talking about it. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm open to it, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm always, whatever's, whatever I need to do to take care of myself, I'm willing to do it. And what she and I ran through was, well, you know, there's 10 steps between what's happening to you and medication. And those 10 steps include, you know, taking better care of your body, getting more sleep, less caffeine, exercise, uh, uh, specific things you can be doing to help your nervous system. You know, there was a lot of like uh, natural, normal things that I wasn't doing to take care of myself that if I tried some of those could help reduce my anxiety. And so she and I discussed it and we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take three weeks before you come see me again. I want you to do these things. And if you're not feeling better and you really feel like it hasn't changed in your brain, then we will, let's talk about medication, Mm -hmm. right? Let's just give it a shot first. Right. And I, and, and, you know, spoiler alert to that, everything I tried worked. I was able to not have, again, not that I wouldn't, not that there's anything wrong with medication, but I was able to self-correct by just taking a little bit better care of my body. I was grateful for that. I would say the same thing about drinking and the stress of motherhood and the stress that we see day to day, because that is the message that we're sending out to women, which is if you are stressed and struggling and feeling a certain way, have a drink. There are 10 steps between you're feeling stressed mm-hmm. and having a hard time and take a drink. <laughs> I mean, you know, but not in today's culture. Uh, There's just that one. It's just like, just get that, yeah, get the cork. So, <laughs> hey, I'm not saying don't have a glass of wine at night. I am going to say consider um, for your own mental health. Are you exercising? Are you getting sleep? Are you getting outside? Are you drinking water? Are you over drinking caffeine? You know, there's there's a million things you could do, even if you tried two of them, that could help take the edge off a little bit. And so maybe you just need one glass of wine instead of four glasses of wine, Yeah. right? Uh, the other message that we were talking about earlier about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, you and I separately were talking earlier about it. I get worried that women are going into motherhood and coming through these emotions that are brand new and the marketing they're getting is take a drink. <laughs> and yeah. you know, there's there's a lot more to do to take care of your mental health. And and again, that's not saying you don't have a drink, but just consider the mindfulness of thinking about what's really happening, checking yourself against the feelings that you're having, how far they go, and if you're taking care of your body and mind first. And if that's the case and everything's on track and a drink of wine helps you relax at night, then go for it. You know what I mean? But I just think there's a lot of steps between one and the other. Yeah. Does Gage know you're in recovery? 
Yeah. So that's the other side of it, right? Gage doesn't, I mean, he knows I don't drink. He hears me all the time talking about it and stuff. I, we've never, I haven't sat him down and talked him through it yet. We've, we've started to have that conversation about what that's going to look like. And when we have that like face-to-face conversation about it. And that's the other thing I think about with our kids, you know, this message that self-medicating with alcohol is the way to solve and cope with your stress is problematic. And so I think for Gage, I'm glad that that's not the message in our house. You know what I mean? But he has asked us before, like, what is wine? Because he's heard about it all the time. <laughs> That's the thing. Have it's him not, talk. I mean, it's not in our house, yeah. but it's in. Have him talk to Roman. Yeah, yeah. My son could tell him everything about yeah. wine. He's like, do you need to know about Cabernet Sauvignon? Yeah, 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 do you need yeah, to know yeah, about yeah. Merlot? He, he saw like a tool, like I want a basket. And it was a kitchen basket, but it had all this wine paraphernalia in it. You know, like a corkscrew and like little things to put on your wine glass and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, what are these? And I'm like, oh, it's for wine. And. He's like, well, what is wine? I'm like, well, it's a grown-up drink and it's alcohol. And well, what is alcohol? And so we had a pretty scientific cut and dry conversation about, well, you know, it's a drug. It changes the chemistry of your brain and it, you know, creates these kind of feelings. And we just kind of talk through it and like, why do people drink it? Well, this is kind of why. And But he knows it's, you know, illegal till you're 21 and, you can, you know, there's more to it than just, you know, trying it out or whatever. So we've had that conversation like at a low level. He's definitely getting into an age where we know we need to start talking about alcohol and responsible, what that would look like, responsible drinking as he gets older as an adult. But we also have to have this conversation like, you know, there's a genetic factor to this. Yeah, The odds are not in your favor, son. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know what that's going to look like yet. And, and uh, we've, we've talked, we've started talking about it a little bit more because he's definitely getting into those double digit years and you know, we want to talk about it before his friends start talking about it to him, right. you know? So he, he doesn't know the whole story, but he knows enough for now. Yeah. So you've laid the foundation we of have. what to say to him. Yeah. And you guys are going to continue that conversation. Yeah. 100%, right. Yeah. Roman, thankfully right now, he doesn't see the need or the desire yeah. to engage in any sort of, of, of adult-like behavior, with yeah. the exception of using adult words. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, I've never called them curse words. Yeah, I call them either adult words or lazy words. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, why? And I said, well, because it's an adult word. Yeah. It's not a bad word. Right. It's not a curse word. It's an adult word. Yeah. And when you're an adult and you live on your own and you're making your own decisions, you can choose whether or not to use this word. Right. But I also think it's a lazy word sometimes. And <laughs> it, it's lazy because there are other words that can be used to express how you're feeling. And right. that's the word. Those are the words that I want you to include in your vocabulary. And yeah. Mommy, you lazy a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mommy can be lazy with her language uh, yeah. a lot. I remember the first time that came up, just to talk about that for a second, uh, we did say bad words just because I think it's what we're used to hearing about it. And Cage said, I mean, but can I go to jail? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. You can go to jail in your house. You can go to mama Mama. jail. It's like, (laughs) no, yeah. Yeah. That's how we, it's like, we try to figure out what to say and and don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to encourage them um, in a way that is, you know, beyond. Yeah, whatever it is that we're supposed to encourage them to do, but definitely it's not do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Um, have you guys? Um, I mean, have you considered? I wonder how that works in houses, you know, where the parents drink and the kids see it. And I mean, even just in a regular responsible drinking house, right? Do you 
do you plan on having like a conversation about it? Or are you just going to let him kind of see what you guys model? I mean, are you going to sit him down and talk about like, hey, this is going to happen? You know, I hadn't thought about that. But I think that it's I'm a big believer that you have to be intentional with parenting. And I think that we have to figure out my husband and I like, what is this conversation going to look like? Is Mm -hmm. it is it a discussion? And when are we going to have it? You know, Um, because we have to realize like you and your family, we have the genetic component of addiction that runs in in both of our families. And mm-hmm. so we need to make sure that he's aware of of some of what it would look like potentially for yeah. him, you know? Have you heard or seen, like Gage has come home from, you know, Red Ribbon Week at school yes. and talked about like what they learned. And it's always very age appropriate, right? So they haven't gotten into the the deep dive yet. But <laughs> but he's definitely come home and like talked to me about some of that stuff. And I've asked questions about what he's learning on that side. Have you guys um, heard anything from Robin? Does he pay attention to that stuff? Or is it just kind of in one ear out the other? Like most things with my son, I'm sure <laughs> it's in one ear and out the other. Yeah. But he hasn't mentioned it yet. No, no, no. But we have an open door yeah. policy when it comes to talking about certain things. Mm-hmm. And he also knows like what happens in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also knows that his father and I are open books and we share with him what is age appropriate. Yeah. 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 So It's interesting. We, we both, you know, we've talked about it, how that'll look different for him than his other friends and, and how we kind of broach that subject when it comes up. But I've answered his questions to date so far and He's he's been satisfied with those answers. So hopefully I'm doing that okay. <laughs> you are doing better than okay. You're doing super, super great. So as we get ready, um as we get ready to wrap this up, and again, this episode kind of took a turn that I wasn't necessarily <laughs> expecting, but I thank you for being vulnerable, for being open and and for shining a light on a perspective that I just wasn't aware of. Yeah. And potentially the impact of some of the things that I do. So thank you so much for for that yeah. and for just being you. Um yeah, but but is there anything that you would like to 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 share with with some of the moms that are listening about if they are having having challenges or maybe doing that yeah. reflection like what what they can think of or what they can do or yeah. yeah, yeah. What I think I've seen that I'm pretty hopeful about is there has been an increase over the last couple of years, but an interesting little statistic I was reading is that um since January of this year, there's actually been an increase of people doing more experimentation with sobriety and like being a little bit more mindful about their alcohol consumption. There's a lot of sober mom activity on social media. Like I know you're going to see a lot of the mom wine clubs, but there's actually several um, sober mom clubs as well. There is support out there. Um, available if anybody is thinking that they want to sort of check themselves and be more mindful about their alcohol consumption. And I would encourage that. I'd also tell you that there's a spectrum. I land at one end of that spectrum, but there are plenty of people out there that fall into more of a heavy drinking category or just a, you know, on the weekends, maybe go a little hard, but they could stop if they needed to. So it's not as black and white as it used to be. There's a, there's a lot of in between. And, and so there's so many different ways to experiment with sobriety, try to be more mindful about how you're coping with your stress and how you're coping with your emotions. There's a lot of options out there. And, um, so I would just put that out there. That the good news is, is that I think at one point it was either all or nothing. And I don't know that it's, it is for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that for myself, but it's a very personal decision and I would never tell anybody else what their decision needs to be. But the good news is there's there are a lot of options out there for anyone that wants to just take a look at their own their own drinking habits and and their own coping mechanisms and and look for a a better more moderate way to kind of handle their feelings. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. Okay. No, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story and for for sharing your heart and for just being you. Yeah. Um, before we get ready to wrap up this episode, let's end with just one rapid fire Ooh, question. Okay. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Because this is ultimately an episode about Snoop Dogg. Of course, Deep yes, down. please. Snoop. Uh-huh. What is your favorite Snoop Dogg oh, song? My favorite Snoop Dogg song. Um, I mean, can you beat Gin and Juice? <laughs> I just don't think you can. <laughs> that song, I mean, you know how some songs are just like, when you hear them, you know exactly where you were when you heard them the first time. Yes. Exactly where you was, and that one is that for me. I mean, I can I can still sing every, I can rap every word of it. I anytime I go exactly right back to where I was the first time I heard it. And yeah. I'm failing at Parenthood because I don't think my son knows any Snoop Dogg songs. He knows all of this stuff by the baby. It's kind of hard to listen to Snoop Dogg on the clean version though. <laughs> Doggy Style album was not child appropriate. (laughs) When I would teach it at at the Cycle Studio, Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a clean version of Doggy Style. And I would love to play, you know, West Coast music. I'd like to do themes. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna have to talk over when he's um, when he's saying the adult words. Yes, and I couldn't talk that much. And his, it wasn't even just like the adult words. It was like an entire adult scenario. Like I could take the bad words out, but you know what he's talking about. not even worth it <laughs> what about you uh drop it like it's hot oh yeah oh, come on now now i'm gonna have to be leaving out of this oh, room just man it's oh that album oh my gosh that whole album i mean you can get pharrell oh gosh everything I everything that snoop does beautiful and, oh gosh and snoop has just kept it going with his um you know his his news venture so sushi and snoop Snoop and wine. I'm so glad that you know the next generation gets to enjoy Snoop Dogg. They're not get, maybe they don't get him like we got him, but man, <laughs> the fact that they still get him is just totally worth it. Yes, I can't <laughs> wait to see how he reinvents himself. Oh my next. gosh, I, I'm I'm nervous. I'm scared. But I just don't want to do the Snoop Lion thing again. Can we? <laughs> let's yeah. just stick with what we got. That definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, so thank you, family, for joining us for another episode of Motherhood in Black and White. Tara and I are so so thankful that you reached out to us and that you listened to another episode. And special thanks for Tara today for sharing her story. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, As always, we love having you join us each week. If you're listening to us on Apple or on Google, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. And if you listen to us on Spotify, you just want to follow us. Um, We're creeping on all those platforms now. You can find us on Amazon as well. Make sure you're leaving those reviews and you're hitting those five stars for us. We read every single one of them and we love having you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Take good care.